Turn in our Bibles to Exodus chapter 28, and we're going to talk about the high priest's garments this morning. What the high priest had to wear and what he, he wore when he was ministering before the Lord. So Exodus chapter 28, and we'll start reading just at verse 1. We should really read the whole chapter, but it would take ages to do that, and we'll try and take it in small sections, which might be, make it a bit easier. And take thou unto thee Aaron thy brother, this is God speaking to Moses, and take thou unto thee Aaron thy brother and his sons with him from among the children of Israel, that he may minister unto me in the priest's office, even Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, Eliezer, and Ithamar, Aaron's sons. And thou shalt make holy garments for Aaron thy brother, for glory and for beauty. And thou shalt speak unto all that are wise-hearted, whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom, that they may make Aaron's garments to consecrate him, that he may minister unto me in the priest's office. And these are the garments which they shall make, a breastplate and an ephod and a robe, and an embroidered coat, a mitre, and a girdle. And they shall make holy garments for Aaron thy brother and his sons, that he may minister unto me in the priest's office. And they shall take gold, and blue, and purple, and scarlet, and fine linen, and they shall make an ephod. An ephod was a, an overgarment an ephod of gold, of blue and purple, of scarlet and fine twined linen with cunning work, intricate work. And it shall have the two shoulder pieces thereof joined at the two edges thereof, and so it shall be joined together. And it goes on to describe the curious girdle of the ephod that was around the, the waist which is upon it, and shall be of the same, according to the work thereof, even of gold, of blue, and purple, and scarlet, and fine twined linen. And thou shalt take two onyx stones, and grave on them the names of the children of Israel. And that's just what we read, maybe, for the moment, until we go on a bit further. Why did God choose Aaron and his sons? He chose them so that they would minister to him in the priest's office. God wanted and wants us to have fellowship with him. He wants us to minister to him in the office of the priests. And as we said before, we are all priests. When we become Christians, when we have confessed our sins before God and we are accepted by him, we are recognized as priests. And therefore, he wants us to minister to him. God wants us to have fellowship with him. Way back in the Garden of Eden, God called Adam, where art thou? He wanted to have fellowship with Adam. In Mark's Gospel, it says that Jesus uh, chose the twelve from his followers. He chose those special twelve apostles that he would have fellowship with them, that they might be with him. He wanted those people to be around him, to have fellowship with him. 
And he wants you and me to have fellowship with him. He called to Adam in the Garden of Eden, Adam, where art thou? He wanted fellowship with Adam. But Adam had sinned and he had gone away from God. Jesus writing in, uh, Jesus speaking in John 15, he says, if you are of this world, the world would love you. But you see, when we become Christians, we become heavenly. We're a heavenly people. We're bound for heaven. And Jesus says, you're not of this world. If, you're of, if you were of this world, the people would, would love you. But he says, because you are followers of me, they will hate you. They will argue with you. They will uh, shun you. They will not have fellowship with you. But he says, I have chosen you out of the world. I have chosen you. Isn't that a wonderful thought? That God, through Jesus Christ, has chosen us to have fellowship with him. And why? The garments, it says, the garments were for glory and beauty. They were for glory and beauty. Psalm 50, the psalmist writing, but it's God speaking, he says, Call upon me in the day of trouble, I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. We, in some way, as we praise and bring our worship to God, we glorify him. And he wants that. We sang that hymn, didn't we? That may our praise, like sweet perfume, rise with every morning sacrifice in honor and praise to God. Paul writing to the Ephesians, he says, that we should be to the praise of his glory. We have been saved. And why have we been saved? To the praise and glory of God, who first trusted Christ, in whom he also trusted after that he heard the word of truth. They'd heard the word of truth and that they had, they'd heard the gospel of your salvation. And then you accepted Christ as their Savior and as their Lord. And he says, in whom after that ye believed, ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. We were given the gift of the Holy Spirit as the seal, as the signet. We were looking at Mary's signet on her, on her chain. It was a sign of ownership. When that seal was put down on top of a document, it was a sign of ownership. And we have been given the sign of ownership of the Holy Spirit. He's the seal. He's the earnest. He's the earnest of our inheritance until we get to heaven someday. But we, were, we are and we have been saved to the praise of his glory. It says, Thou shalt make the holy garments for Aaron and thy brother for glory and for beauty. Aaron, as we know, is the high priest, or was the high priest, and he is a type of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we read that he is crowned with glory and honor. Hebrews 2 and verse 7, Thou madest him a little lower than the angels, thou crownest him with glory and honor, and didst make him over the work of thy hands. Hebrews 2 verse 9, but we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor. 
that he by the grace of God should taste death for every man. Revelations in verse, chapter 4 and verse 9. And when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat upon the throne. We have to give glory and honor and praise to our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what they do in heaven. And that's what he wants us to do down here on earth. In Revelation 4.11 it says, they, they sang the song, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things. And for thy pleasure they are and were created. Everything was created to give glory and honor to the Lamb. We sang that song. Uh, the Lamb is all the glory in Emmanuel's land. Well now, look at verse 3. And thou shalt speak unto all that are wise-hearted, whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom, that they may make Aaron's garments to consecrate him, that he may minister unto me in the priest's office. How is it possible for us sinners to offer praise and worship to our Lord Jesus Christ. Well it is in our human nature. It is impossible. Those who were to make the garments. Take note on this. That garments had to be made by people. Those who had to make the garments. It says. They were wise hearted. Whom I have filled. With the spirit of wisdom. Isn't that wonderful? Brenda's going out. She needs to be wise hearted. And filled with the spirit of wisdom. Christ has and was that spirit of wisdom, wasn't he? In Isaiah 11, verses 1 and 2, it says, And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, a branch shall grow out of his roots. This branch may have looked dead, but then this root was coming out. And that was the Lord Jesus. It's a prophecy. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding. Christ had that spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And so, Paul, when he was writing to the Ephesians, in Ephesians 1, 16 to 19, I'm going to read the whole lot. He says, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention you in my prayers. And that's why we pray for other people. Paul did it. He says, I, I, night and day, I keep on praying about you. He had the burden of the, the churches where he'd been and where he'd set up little churches here and there. He constantly had them on his mind and on his heart and he kept praying about them. But here's what he prayed. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That's what he wanted them to have. Oh, oh that they should be wise and, and complete in their knowledge of Jesus Christ. He says, The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe, according to the working of his mighty power. We're not on our own. God is giving us this, his Holy Spirit, the power, the dynamite of God. He said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ when he's writing in the Romans, not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. It's the dynamite. That was the same word that was used. The dynamite of God. The power, that amazing power which God's word has. These people 
who were to make the garments had to have the wisdom of God and to be filled with his spirit. If we're going to do anything that will lead to praise and worship to our Lord Jesus Christ, we must have that spirit of wisdom through the indwelling Holy Spirit. And you know then for the next lot of verses it describes what these high priest garments were going to be. And I think as I said before we look at them one at a time because if we don't do that we get a bit bogged down. Verse 4. And these are the garments which they shall make. A breastplate and an ephod and a robe and an embroidered coat, a mitre and a girdle and they shall make holy garments for Aaron thy brother and his sons that he may minister in the priest's office. The, 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 the breastplate, the breast pocket, an ephod was a shoulder cape or a mantle and we'll show you the, uh, these in a minute. We'll have a look at them in a second. And a robe and an embroidered coat, a mitre and a girdle. And here is the artist's impression of what the high priest's garments looked like. And this coloured one is the one we're going to be looking at first of all is the ephod and that's the girdle and that's the breastplate there and the uh, mitre with the inscription on it and we'll look at these one by one because if we don't we'll get uh, confused probably confused in any case but uh, we'll, we'll try and work out now the materials it's interesting in verse 5 they shall take gold and blue and purple and scarlet and fine linen. Now, we, we saw that in the, the uh, making of a, a lot of the veils and the, the, the uh, hangings in the uh, tabernacle, we had these colors before, didn't we? We had blue and purple and scarlet and fine linen. And they were all intertwined and they, intertwined and they all spoke of different things. The, the blue spoke of heaven, the purple and the, the riches available in Christ and the scarlet of his kingship and the fact that to make the color scarlet they had to kill little animals and the, 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 the mixture produced a scarlet speaking of the, the sacrifice of our Lord and the fine linen speaking of his purity and of his righteousness. But there's an addition here. It says thou shalt take gold. Now how was the gold intertwined? And actually, it's very interesting. If you go on to chapter uh, 39, you'd see when they were making these garments, how they, how they got the gold. Uh, 29 and verse, uh, 39 and verse 2 and 3. And this is the man making it. This is the, 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 they come to actually do the making of the garments in chapter uh, 39. And he made the ephod of gold, pure, pur uh, purple, blue and purple and scarlet, and fine twined linen. And they did beat the gold into thin plates and then cut it into wires to work it in the blue and in the purple and in the scarlet and in the fine linen and in the intricate work. They got the gold and they hammered it out ever so thinly, cut it, hammered it, cut it, hammered it until they had thin wires of gold. And then they were able to intertwine that gold into the garments. We looked at the gold, didn't we, before when they were making the candlestick. It was the same, it was beaten. They beat it 
and they hammered it. And, uh, you know, it's an obvious uh, example of what happened to the Lord Jesus Christ. He, Christ, when he was on the cross, he suffered the severe blows of God's judgment and wrath for you and for me. He was beaten. What does it say in, in Isaiah? He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised. He was beaten for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. With the stripes we are healed. And you know the wonderful thing is that Christ who was beaten and bruised and who was brought under the judgment and wrath of God then when he came do you know what he said when he came he said the spirit of the Lord is upon me he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captains the recovering of sight to the blind and this is the nice bit to set at liberty them that are bruised if you feel beaten and ground into the ground this morning Christ came. He was beaten. He was bruised by the wrath of God so that he could come and be to you and to me one who helped those who are bruised. The gold is speaking to us of the divine glory and purity of the person of our Lord Jesus Christ it was all intertwined in the priest's garment and he is our great high priest he is our God he is our saviour now if we look at verse 9 we see what this breastplate consisted of and what the ephod consisted of and you shall take two onyx stones. Now these stones that are mentioned in this chapter, some, they don't exactly know what some of the stones were. There are different translations, different interpretations of what the actual stones were. It doesn't matter to us. It matters just the fact that they were stones, that they were precious stones. The names are really immaterial in some senses but the fact that they were precious stones and they took, some people say these two onyx stones were Malachite and things like that but it doesn't matter and you shall engrave on them the names of the sons of Israel six of their names shall be on one stone and six on the remaining of the remaining names on the other stone according to their birth with the work of an, of an engraver in stone like the engravings of a signet we are saying that like the engraving of a signet it was a sign of ownership this the signing the, the, like the engravings of a seal you shall engrave the two stones with the names of the sons of Israel you shall make them to be in settings of gold and you shall put the two stones upon the shoulders of the ephod for stones for of remor memorial to the sons of Israel and Aaron shall bear their names before the Lord upon his two shoulders for a memorial how were the names of those people chosen 
How did they pick the names to be inscribed? It says it. Look at the verse we read there. According to their birth. According to their birth. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. How are we chosen by God? Not according to our natural birth, but according to our spiritual birth. According to our spiritual birth. And those were put on the shoulders, up here. A stone on each shoulder. What man of you having a hundred sheep if you lose one of them? Doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it. And when he hath found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. When he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. He carried the sheep on his shoulders. The names of the tribes of Israel were on the shoulders of the high priest. And he went in as a memorial before the Lord. The church. All of us. Who are there by birth. They have to be there by birth. And if you have accepted Christ as your saviour. You're born on his shoulders. It's wonderful. Believers and are carried and remembered before God by the Lord Jesus Christ continually, constantly, as he is there before his Father. And if you look, it says, six names and one stone, they're on his shoulders, and they're set in gold. We said that gold speaks of divine glory and the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. These are set in gold. You know, Jesus said, and we said this last week, And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any lamb pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. Our names are set in gold. We're set there in the divine authority of the Lord Jesus Christ on his shoulders. In verses 13 and 14 it says, And they shall make uches of gold. That's little uh, filigree work. To hold these stones. And the two chains of pure gold at the ends of wreathen work. Shalt thou make them and fasten the wreathen work to the uches. They're all joined together by gold. We're secure in Jesus Christ and in him because of his divinity and his, his, his power and his glory. We are held there. The stones were held there by gold. All the saints of God are there born on the shoulders. All there by birth. All there because of his merit. None there by his own merit. All remembered before his father. Our great high priest is there remembering us before our Father God. I, I thought that was wonderful when I, when I was doing it the other night, uh, last night. Now, we come to the breastplate, and this is this here. This is the breastplate. And it's attached there 
by gold again. <laughs> but it was a folded over. It's a double thing. I'm going to read it from the New King James Version to, to make it a little bit clearer. And you shall make a breast pocket, he calls it here, a breast pocket of judgment with embroidered work. After the work of, an ephod, of the ephod, you shall make it of gold, blue, and purple, and scarlet, and fine twine bleached linen, you shall make it. All the same make up the whole dress, the whole uh, garment was made up of the same thing, the gold, the purple, the scarlet, the blue, and the fine twined linen. And you shall set in it settings of stones. It's these. Four rows of stones. The first row shall be sardius, topaz, and carbuncle in the row. And the second row, an emerald, a sapphire, and a diamond. And the third row, an opal, an agate, and an amethyst. And the fourth row, a chrysolite, and an onyx, and a jasper. And they shall be set in gold in their fillings. And the stone shall be with the names of the sons of the twelve tribes according to their names like the engravings of a signet. On each one of these stones was the name of a tribe. And they shall be each one with the name according to the twelve tribes. And you shall make chains upon the breast pocket, works, work of cords in pure gold. And you shall make upon the breast pocket two rings of gold, and shall put the two rings on the ends of the breast pocket. You have them here. You can see these little rings all over the place, holding the thing together. And the two ends of the two cords you shall fasten on the two plattings and put them on the shoulder pieces of the ephod before it. And you shall make two rings of gold, and shall put them upon the two ends of the breast pocket in the border of it, which is in the side of the ephod inward. And it goes on to describe uh, the various rings and pieces which were holding the breastplate in two. And Aaron shall bear the names of the sons of Israel in the breast pocket of judgment upon his heart, when he goes into the holy place for a memorial before the Lord every now and again? No, continually. Continually. That's the wonderful thing is. Every time Aaron went in before the Lord, the names of the tribes of Israel were there on his heart. On his heart, it says. Upon his heart. We go on to see the reason why the breastplate was folded over. The, 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 the breast pocket, as it's called in the uh, more modern translation, was folded over because it held things called the Urim and Thummim. It was a square. And it was probably about 11, 10 or 11 inches in size. Just a, a thing that went on here. We could look at the, the New Jerusalem in Revelation 21.16 and see that it was square. And the foundations of the, 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 the New Jerusalem are the same stones. It's all stones of the same as was on the breastplate. There were four rows of precious stones. And each stone had the name 
of the, a tribe engraved on it. Like a signet. You can't get away from the seal and signet. There's a verse in Haggai uh, 2.23 and it says, In that day, saith the Lord of hosts, will I make thee, O Zerubbabel, my servant, the son of Shealtiel, saith the Lord, who will make thee as a signet. For I have chosen thee, saith the Lord. We are sealed with the Holy Spirit. Set in gold. Ephesians 1.13 In whom he also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, after that ye believed, ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. These were engraved like seals. And we have got the Holy Spirit engraved. It's the seal on us that we are God's. Here and again, they were set in gold. And they were all individually joined together. Now, the, the, the colors uh, are a bit like this. As I say, people have different ideas as to the colors and what the stones were. But these were the tribes. They, they, you, you started off with Judah, uh, Issachar, and Zebulun. Reuben and Simon and Gad, Ephraim, Manasseh and Benjamin, and Dan and Asher and Naphtali. And that was the same way when they, when they encamped. When they encamped around about the, the tabernacle, they encamped in the same order as the stones were upon the breastplate. And they, 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 that was the order in which they, they encamped. So, so I'm told. And Aaron shall bear the names of the sons of Israel upon the breast pocket of, pocket of judgment on his heart when he goes into the holy place. You know, our names are ever before God through our Lord Jesus Christ because your name and my name, they're upon his heart. They're upon his heart. And as he goes in before his father, continually there as our mediator and as our Lord, he brings us constantly before our father in heaven. And all those stones, you know, when you look at me and you look at uh, some of us, we don't look like precious stones, but to God we are precious in his sight. And as I said, they were close to the high priest's heart and were brought before God continually. Not just now and again. Our names are written in glory and they're close to the heart of our blessed Lord Jesus. Look at chapter 17 of John. Look, we read this before, but it brings it all so much more meaningful when we read what Jesus prayed in John chapter 17. He says about, you know, when he starts the prayer, he says, The hour is come, glorify thy Son, that thy Son also may glorify thee. As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. You know, we, have, we are in Christ. We have eternal life in him. And this is the eternal life, that they may know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. 
He was there with the Father in glory. It's a good verse for the JWs. He was there in glory with his Father before the world was created. And now he says, And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. Now they have known all that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee. For I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I came from thee, and that they have believed that thou didst send me. I pray for them. He's praying before his Father for you and for me. I pray for them. I pray for them. And he says later on, I pray that you shouldest keep them out, not that you'll take them out of the world, but that thou shouldst keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. And he goes on. His prayer is all about you and me. He's praying for you and for me before his Father in heaven. We are on the stones on his shoulders because of birth. Because of our being born again, we are on his shoulders. But here... And that's more like the church being on his shoulders, being carried. The witness generally. But here, we are each before God as individuals. In all our diversities. How encouraging that is. God sees us on the heart of Jesus. There, the jewels shine in a godly order. God is a God of order. Always remember that. We see that he upholds the church, as I said, on his shoulders. And he remembers us now here as individuals on his heart. Oh, he has us close to his heart. What did Jesus say? The good shepherd, he calls his own sheep by name. He knows the sheep individually. He knows the whole flock. But he also knows us as individuals. Yes, we are all individual. God doesn't want us to be cloned. All the same. We each have a particular task. A particular place in the church. But we are joined together by the grace and love of God. And by gold. We must shine in unison and in truth. Shining only in the light that comes from God. And not any light which comes from self. Just in closing. Let us remember that we are loved and remembered by our Lord. Before his Father. Isn't that wonderful? Let us remember our responsibility to minister before him daily as Aaron and his sons were set apart to do. They were set apart to minister before the Lord, the, the, the tabernacle, in the tabernacle, before the ark, 
Aaron went in. And as they went around the other duties within the, the holy place, they were there to minister, to bring that sacrifice which was to be put on the, on the golden altar of, of perfume and incense. And that was to drift up as acceptable to God. And that's what he wants our lives to be. I want my life to tell for Jesus. But everywhere I go, I may his goodness show. I want my life to tell for Jesus.